the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers. I'm Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk at 100, now on 106.3 FM in East Portland and Vancouver. 93.9 KPDQ, AM 860, The Answer, KPAM. La Patrona, 1640, 93.1 El Rey, and 104.1 The Fish. I'd love to talk with you about getting more people back to your church, sharing about your ministry through our free online church directory and our church service live stream directory, expanding your ministry, business, or school beyond your walls, establishing yourself as an authority in your field, and becoming more known through radio, podcasting, and events like the KPDQ Pastor Appreciation Breakfast, Reventone de Verano, and Fish Fest, building awareness of your company or outreach by hosting our events at your location at no risk to you, marketing your message or brand directly to your target audience through the latest and most powerful online tools of Salem Surround, and most importantly, if your ministry leader or pastor could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, a cup of coffee, or a connection to others, please email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. Our line to Nashville might be a little up and down, but through the wonders of technology, we've got a very special guest today. Jeff Moore is a legend of the contemporary Christian music scene. He'll be at Fish Fest this Saturday, August 19th at Salem's Riverfront Park. So welcome, Jeff Moore. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Mike. It's good to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us, including the Newsboys and your old pal Stephen Curtis Chapman at Fish Fest this Saturday. Do you have any ties or interest in the Pacific Northwest that you're looking forward to visiting? Oh, man. I love the outdoors. I love the, you know, mountains and streams and the coastline. So, uh, but what brought me to the Northwest as a young man was my music. In fact, I was talking with some friends as I was telling them about this interview, and they reminded me that almost the entire run of my era with my band, when we were just more in the distance back in the day, that our number one, like, selling region of the country was... Uh, the Northwest, both like album sales and concert tickets. So, you know, that really endeared y'all to me, but also, you know, it created a lot of opportunity for me to come up and be in the area a lot. So some of you will remember the old Christian music festival, Jesus Northwest. That was one of the first like big national festivals that had my band there. Yeah, I really have a lot of affection for your area. So how's it been for you being just Jeff Moore as opposed to being Jeff Moore of Jeff Moore and the Distance, which so many of us (laughs) have become huge fans of over the years? Well, it's been wonderful and a little bit funny. You know, my daughter, Ashley, you know, she's in, in class a couple years back and class is over and her teacher goes hey Ashley could you stay back for a minute and she goes yeah she didn't know if she was in trouble or what was up and she goes 
is your dad Jeff Moore in the distance? And Ashley goes, actually, I'm Ashley Moore in the distance. So it's pretty, it's become a very <laughs> sweet, you know, part of our lives. And, uh, but yeah, and I think, you know, one of the blessings that I've had is, you know, I actually started as a solo artist and I have this like 15 year run with this incredible group of guys that we get to make a bunch of albums and see the world together. And then I was able to kind of go back to my singer songwriter roots. So I, I definitely, I always tell people, man, if you're do your best when you're in a sweet season of your life to try and love people well and start well and end well, because you know that, you know, the friendships that I've maintained with those guys is, is very sweet. And I still, you know, I still, when I come, I'll play old Jeff Moore the Distant songs, you know. I don't stop playing them, but it's also been fun to have another chapter as well. Well, that's neat. So when we hear you play this Saturday at Fish Fest, will it be more of a laid-back acoustic vibe, or do you have a replacement band filling in where the no. distance used to be? No, this will be an acoustic thing. And then, you know, I'm going to talk a few minutes about the ministry that I love, Compassion International. It's such a big part of the event as well. So that'll be awesome. And, you know, man, I'm going right in between two of my old, but, you know, my best friend in the world, Stephen Curtis Chapman, and then the Newsboys. And I would guess, I would bet you back in the day that we did, the Newsboys and I, I bet we did a hundred shows together. So we, wow. we banged around the world a lot together. And so... You know, you're, you guys are definitely getting some CCM gold. I'll say that, man. We're we're showing up. So, and who knows? Stephen and I, you know, we just did. Uh, Stephen just did an Alaskan cruise that was. They called it the Great Alaskan Adventure. You know, the Great Adventure is a song that I had the privilege of helping Stephen write. So, who knows what might happen when Stephen Curtis and I are in the same town? But we're going to have a great time. We're looking forward to that, and you've got a great story about how you got into music in the first place. Do you care to share about your college days, Jeff? Oh, sure, man. It's a and and I love to retell the story because even though it happened a long time ago, the specifics don't change, you know. And that's that we don't have to figure out exactly how to do it. What we have to do is just chase after Jesus and. And he will lead us into his will, you know. So, yeah, I came from a non-musical home, went to a small Christian college in Indiana called Taylor University, had never sung or played music, but I ended up randomly with a roommate that was a guitar player and had a huge collection of Christian music. And this had been like Petra and Keggy and all this super awesome, you know, kind of early fathers of Christian music. And I started listening to this. I'd never heard any. I'd heard like, I think I'd heard one Keith Green album and one Larry Norman album, if people go back far enough. And that was the only exposure to Christian music I had. And so it was just really moving to me. And he was in a band. And some people have heard me tell the story. The, the singer for the band got like laryngitis and they were playing this little kind of variety show on the college campus. And we're doing two songs, sit in with us. And my roommate said, literally, he goes, I've heard you singing in the shower. I know you can sing a little bit. And so I didn't, I mean, I had never done it. You know, we were in college. We were just goofing around. So we did it. It was terrible, but we had fun doing it. And there was a guy, some of you know the ministry Youth for Christ. There was a Youth for Christ director in the crowd that night. And he came up and he said, hey, we're doing this youth event. And we want you guys to play at it. And I was like, I'm in a band. This is amazing. 
that was literally how it began. I had some buddies that eventually formed one of the great early Christian rock bands called Whiteheart. I'd grown up with one of the guys, Billy Smiley, and they invited me to Nashville, and that opened some doors for me, and I moved to Nashville in the early to mid-80s, and you know, just six months after I got there, I signed my first publishing, like, songwriting deal. That's how Stephen Curtis Chapman and I met, through songwriting, and then a year later, I released my first album, and so it was quite a, quite a ride. Jeff Moore is just one of the artists playing at Fish Fest this Saturday at Salem Riverfront Park. More information at thefishportland.com, and you can find out more about Jeff himself at jeffmoore.com, spelled G-E-O-F-F-M-O-O-R-E.com. And Jeff, I'm so excited that you'll be bringing back some great music to Fish Fest this year. And I guess this will make me sound like a grumpy old man, but it'll be nice for my kids to hear some <laughs> great Jeff Moore in the distance tunes that so got me through some That's tough right. times. That's right. Are there any songs in particular that always just give you a buzz and you're thrilled to play? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think... You know, you mentioned Listen to Our Hearts earlier that Stephen Curtis and I did, definitely. And then you'd be shocked how many people still ask me to play Home Run, A Friend Like You, you know, a song that I wrote for my wife, Jan, If You Could See What I See. It's amazing how many people that I hear that still love these songs. And it's funny you should say that about your kids because I... It is, it's, it's like some, I hear from, we have like mandatory classic music listening sessions with our kids. And then I don't know, I'm sure a lot of y'all listening, you know, kid, like I would say kind of junior high up through college age right now, which some of my children are still in, is that, you know, they're rediscovering older music. And, and I, I, I think that's one of the kind of beauties of, of still being around and still playing. Jeff, you mentioned not growing up in a musical family, and yet you're raising these kids as the Jeff Moore. So do you have any great lessons from <laughs> your upbringing that you've made sure to pass down to your own kids? Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm very blessed, man. I have four great kids. I have two boys that were our biological sons, and when the boys were in high school— over a two-year period, my wife Jan and I adopted two little baby girls from China. One of them got married just a couple weeks ago, so that's crazy that they're all grown up. And I will say, I think one of the blessings was being in Nashville, where I live, and have lived all these years. You know, it's not quite as unique as odd a job, you know. And so my kids all had friends whose parents were involved in some way in the music business whether it was christian music or country music and so that was part of it there was a bit of a community you really should interview my children to get the true the real answer but i mean i really try to not have like this public persona and this private persona away from music and the stage and all that and in the public just try to be the same person so and then also i never tried to put any weight on my children to somehow represent me or, or, you know, I think it's just, it can be easy when you live um, in a, you know, when your job has some 
semblance of being the public eye. I think pastors' kids deal with this. I think athletes' kids deal with this. They can feel that added pressure. And so I tried to just really never put that on my kids or on my wife either. And I think they would say that is what led to a more normal kind of home and upbringing. And you definitely get to do, I mean, there's crazy stuff that you get to do, you know, and they're backstage at places. But I think that as long as life at home is normal, that, you know, then it just feels like a blessing. I'm so glad you're enjoying this stage of life, Jeff Moore. But it would be remiss if I didn't ask you about some of the other things besides music that you have a passion for. So can you tell us about Fellowship Adventures and also about Compassion International? Yes, yes. In fact, they're kind of interestingly tied together. I can tell you, I think a lot of you listening, you know, I mean, maybe back I thought, when I looked at my pastor, I thought, that's a pretty easy job, you know, <laughs> show up once a week, preach for an hour, it's all good, you know, and, you know, through the years, as I become friends with, gosh, hundreds and of pastors and thousands of people that work in ministry, you know, I've come to understand what a challenging life it is, and, I mean, you guys know, if you just think about your pastor and the, what, it's, what it must be like to lead a church and to have all those eyes on you and feel the weight of all the stuff that you have to carry and you know a lot of times isolated and you know we see a lot of them flame out with problems and you know that didn't happen overnight you know it happened over a time of struggling in often very isolated environments and so uh there was a time in my music career I'd say sometime probably in the late 90s when I wasn't burned out but I heard a guy say it this way the other day he said he said, I, was, I wasn't burned out, but I was overheated. And I was like, you know what? I can relate with that. And so I had grown up in the outdoors, hunting, fishing, hiking, you know, and just gotten away from it as my music life had really kind of started to get going. And so I just thought, how can I create a little more margin to get, you know, my roots back in kind of a more peaceful existence? And so I kind of got back into the outdoors and... It was really, God just used it to really, you know, remind me of his provision and, and it brought me peace. And, uh, you know, I think a big pushback against the whole tech world that we live in is go watch the sunrise, watch the sunset, spend a little, you know, you guys and your listeners, you get to live in such a beautiful place. But it's, <laughs> I bet there's a lot of people listening that haven't spent much time outdoors lately, you know, so that helped me. And I had some friends ask me if I would help them do that and take them on some trips. And so I began doing it, and I really saw God just kind of creating some really neat environments around a campfire, around a table. And and I just felt his leading in a very similar way to when I felt called into music. I felt a call into this sort of work to care. So we started this thing called Fellowship Adventures, and it's grown into quite a deal. It's a nonprofit, and we primarily curate trips for like national ministries that we believe in and they bring their staff and donors and relationships on. One of our really beloved partners that we work with that you guys would know well out there is the Louise Plow Association. These are dear friends of ours that we get to spend some time in the outdoors with. You know, I 
Now, years ago, back in the 90s, Toby Mac introduced me to Luis, and we started doing events together and then just have stayed connected with him all through these years. And now as Luis has gone on to be with Jesus, but working with his family, led us to a deepening relationship with Compassion International that will be a part of our time together Saturday night. You know, Compassion took me on a trip to Haiti when I was a young man in my early 20s. It was the first time I'd been on a missions trip and it totally, you know, people talk about deconstructing their faith. It deconstructed my faith in the sense that I had a little box for everything to fit into. And when I saw real poverty and struggle, I realized that the world wasn't quite as tidy as I thought it was and how to love the poor in Jesus' name. And so all through my music career, if you saw me do a show in the last 30 years, you probably heard me talk about compassion somewhere. And now through our ministry fellowship adventures, we take a ton of pastors that Compassion works with on outdoor adventure trips and help restore their soul and encourage them. So it's really cool. I tell people a lot, Mike, that when you're in the middle of something that is like the heart of your calling, whatever that job or work, at the same time, he was preparing me to do something else. And that was to serve a lot of the same people by creating an environment that they could heal and be restored in and be reminded of God's love for them. So, brother, I feel like I won the lottery twice, you know, in the, in the works that I get to do. Thank you so much, Jeff Moore. We're looking forward to hearing more about your heart, Fellowship Adventures, and Compassion International. I am so looking forward to hearing Jeff Moore at Fish Fest this Saturday at Salem Riverfront Park. All the details at the website, thefishportland.com, as well as truetalk100.com and kpdq.com. More with Jeff Moore next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with Jeff Moore, a legend in the contemporary Christian music scene. He's heavily involved with Compassion International and Fellowship Adventures. And he's also longtime friends with one of our co-headliners, Stephen Curtis Chapman. So, Jeff, do you remember the first time you and Stephen Curtis Chapman met? I do, I do. I'll, I'll start with the I'll start with the end and work backwards, but I mean it's amazing that Still today, in fact, Stephen texted me about 10 seconds ago. They're they're on a road trip working their way out to, to Portland, and, and uh, they sent me a picture of some beautiful place that he and his wife are at, and they're mine and Jan's best friends. I mean, we've been, we've been best friends for over 30 years, and so to get to navigate life together, raise our kids together, you know, we're both adoptive parents, and... You know, let's face it, all the best Stephen Curtis Chapman songs I helped write. <laughs> will you hear this interview? Hopefully you will. Saddle up your horses.
Welcome back to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with Jeff Moore. Longtime friends with Stephen Curtis Chapman. Anyway, I would say that, uh, and it started with songwriting. We wrote for the same publishing company. I had recorded, I had sung a demo, which is like a, a, a recording that they play for other artists to see if they want to record it when I was just a studio session singer. And I had sung the song that, that Steve Chapman had written. I remember seeing it on the paper. And I loved the song. And then he had heard my rendition of it, and he really liked my singing. And we were like, we got to meet. And so our publisher set it up. We literally just randomly walked into a little writer's room in downtown Nashville. And we were both newly married. You know, I think I've been married like six months longer than he had. So he looked to me as the great sage of how to do it, you know. <laughs> no, uh, that we just, we ended, I don't think we even wrote a song that day, but man, our friendship was born. We were like, our wives have to meet. We went out and, you know, I think had pizza that very night. And uh, man, that began one of the most iconic, you know, certainly the most iconic friendship of my life. And a lot of you out there listening that are couples, what's so cool is that all four of us really like each other, you know, and you know, it is with couples. Sometimes it's like not everybody gets along and, you know, somebody's taking one for the team, but in our situation, there really is an equal, uh, just appreciation for everybody. So we've had quite the adventurous life together and, and it's been so fun to watch, you know, him just do what he has done through his songs for decades. And you guys are just, you should know, I mean, he is, He's the guy you would hope he would be, man. He is just as real and genuine and transparent in private life as he seems like he is on stage. So it's been an honor to write songs with him and journey along with him. So, Jeff Moore, both you and Stephen Curtis Chapman had biological kids and chose to adopt after that. So who did that first? I'm curious. Yeah, Stephen did. We I remember we were on vacation in Colorado together. We were... We were there. We had dropped our boys and his daughter, so all our biological kids, at a camp. And he and I have motorcycles, and we pulled our motorcycles up into this place in Colorado. And then we kind of were going on some rides with our wives. And we were at a restaurant one day, and they were like, "Hey, we have something to tell you." And they're like, "We're gonna adopt a little girl from China." And man, I mean, we weren't empty nesters, but we could see it. We could see it just off the hood of the car, you know, it was coming. And I was like, this just totally ruins all of our plans. And I don't know what you're thinking. It was very spiritual response, Mike. I mean, I was like, we need to buy a boat and we're going to do this and that. So I remember going, guys, I just don't even, I can't even see how this could be God's will for you. So if anybody needs spiritual advice, do not come to me. Uh, I'm Jeff Moore is not your right guy. But against my advice, they adopted a beautiful little girl named Shohanna and uh, and some of you know the ministry of Show Hope that was named after Shohanna, a great ministry. I've had the pleasure of being on the board and serving. And so when they got home with their daughter Shohanna, my wife got together with Mary Beth and man, something connected in her heart and she came home and just said, I would really like you to pray about adoption. And man, I I can remember my first thought was I have to figure out how to talk my wife out of this. It wasn't like God <laughs> help me to see your will. It was very, it was not, I'm not, it's not my, uh, but man, she was so patient. Stephen and Beth were so patient and just, and man, God changed my heart. He changed the heart of my two sons who initially were not into it. And 
And now, gosh, you know, the thought that we could have lived life without these girls. You know, we adopted Anna and Ashley two years apart. They're 22 and 20 today. We got them when they were infants and just totally, you know, I tell people it ruined my life, you know, ruined my life to all the things that don't matter. You know, adoption redefined the way that I look at family and faith and been amazing, not always easy. You know, if anybody out there has, you know, is adopted or, or is an adoptive family or you have friends that are, you know, it comes with its very own unique set of challenges, but it's just it's just it we've just felt like God just built us for it. And you know, one of the things that will always dearly connect the Chapmans and the Moors is that their daughter Stevie Joy and our daughter Ashley Rose were in the orphanage together. They were in cribs next to each other in China. We adopted them together on the soul best of friends today is, you know, all grown up, fancy college kids. So it's been an amazing journey for us. And yeah, if you don't know about the ministry of Show Hope, I think it's showhope.org. Check them out, man. That's a, it's a ministry that's making a difference in people's lives. And if you're a family that's looking to adopt, they give grants to the bottom line of families' adoptions to help bring children home to their forever families. If you're an adoptive family that needs some support beyond your adoption, they have all kinds of aftercare resource organizations, show hope. Jeff Moore, thanks so much for being transparent about the whole adoption process and how God really changed not only your heart, but your son's as well. That's right. I was interviewing a pastor recently, and what he shared with me is sometimes, well, Perhaps frequently, the Holy Spirit had a tendency to talk to him through the voice of his wife. So we need to listen to our significant others and prayerfully seek, God, what are you calling us to do, even if it's outside of our comfort zone? So let me think. 20 and 22 are your adopted daughters today. Does that mean you're done and waiting for the grandkid stage of life? Or do you have any other kids you want to adopt? No, I think I think we're going to pass it on to our next gen and let them do it. We have one beautiful granddaughter, Marley, that my oldest son and his wife, Helen, gave to us. And so that's been amazing. And then we're excited to see our daughter, Anna, just got married. I was like, no pressure, but, you know, your parents are a little bit older on the, <laughs> the baby wagon a little sooner so we can enjoy them. So, no, it's been yeah, man, I, I tell you, the whole, the whole, you know, because it's, it's kind and sweet when you introduce me as a legend or whatever. It's, I just appreciate you trying to use some words other than old, because that is awesome that you would do that. But the fact that we get to be, you know, that I get to do this for so long and grow up and grow old with people. You know, I had a lady come to a concert just recently who had that picture of me and her together when she was 10 years old and she had her 10 year old daughter with her. So we recreated the picture with her daughter, the same one that I took with her mom when she was 10. So, I mean, the fact that I've gotten to do this for so long is just, I just feel like it's a great amount of generosity from the Lord and from people like y'all and the folks that still are interested in listening. It's funny, earlier, Jeff Moore, you mentioned, if you could see what I see. And I wonder how many wedding couples danced to that song over the years. It's just a beautiful vision of seeing your wife through God's eyes. It's just an amazing song that I've always appreciated. So thank you for putting that one together. Oh, man, you're welcome. It's been a 
blessing. Occasionally it's hard because your wife will come back and quote the lyrics to you if you're not quite living up to them. And uh, I think, you know, Mike, I think at one point, back in the day, remember they had accompaniment tracks? And that song was off an album called Evolution Redefined. And it was, the accompaniment track was outselling the album for a while. So, man, I think there was like several hundred thousand of just the, of just the music bed of it people purchased so i don't know it was a lot of weddings i ran into a lot of people that had it you know a song has profoundly touched the world when the accompaniment track sells more than the actual album <laughs> right that's right and and it really is such a sweet thing too to think that people make these songs their own and so when i hear about people playing my music or recording it or you know a couple of years ago uh, Mark Hall on Casting Crowns recorded Listen to Our Hearts and Stephen and I went in and sang on it with Mark, you know, and I mean what a pleasure to have your music you know, be able to be shared with a whole other audience of people So obviously your wife has inspired a lot of your writing over the years, Jeff Moore, can you tell us where you met in the first place? Oh, Jan and I met in college, we went to the same school that my daughters go to, a little Christian college in Indiana called Taylor University. And uh, it was the classic tale, you know, day before classes are started our freshman year, my roommate and I went over what our dating options were for the coming year. And I saw a door that was open a little bit and I heard popcorn popping and I opened it and there she was with her feathered hair and her flannel shirt. And I was like, all right. So that was the beginning. I, I was pretty smitten early on. It took her about a year to come to her senses. But man, we had an awesome courtship and she didn't marry a musician. You know, she married a guy that was going to run the family steel business, more iron works, it was called. And yet God changed the direction of our lives. And, and Mike, we just celebrated just a couple weeks ago, we celebrated our 40th anniversary. So we're pretty, uh, you know, we're pretty ecstatic to get to share that much of our lives together and still doing good and feeling good. So we're excited about the days ahead. That's fantastic, Jeff. Happy 40th anniversary to you and your wife. We're looking forward to catching up with you at Fish Fest this Saturday at Salem Riverfront Park. Find out more about Jeff at jeffmore.com. That's spelled G-E-O-F-F-M-O-O-R-E.com. More with Jeff Moore next on Difference Makers. Thanks so much for joining us on Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee, and Jeff Moore is coming to Fish Fest this Saturday at Salem Riverfront Park. Jeff, congratulations on your 40th anniversary, and also on having some legacy daughter go to your alma mater, Taylor University, known for my pal, the legendary beach volleyball coach, Chris Dorn, who I believe majored in advertising there before leading Vanguard to a national championship just last year over my school, Corbin University, where I adjunct here in Salem. So tell us your views on education, Christian versus secular colleges. What are we doing right these days? And what did he have to look at long and hard before endorsing your own daughter going to Taylor? Wow, that's a broad question and an obscure athletic fact all in one sentence. I loved it. Yeah, what a question, right? 
all these options that we face, and we faced them all with our kids, you know, public school, Christian school, homeschool. We didn't do homeschool. We did public school and Christian school. And, you know, I think both were filled with awesome moments and with challenges. And, uh, you know, I think it depends a lot on your child, you know. And my general thought on Let's talk about high school first or elementary school. You know, we live in a time when we have a very challenging world and culture to live in. I think you have to base that on your community and what your public school system looks like and what your Christian school system looks like, what your financial. But my bigger piece of advice would be stay involved. You know, it's not it's not the school's responsibility to raise your children. You know, it's your responsibility. So be involved with what's going on wherever they go to school and be a agent for truth in the midst of it and kind of my two cents in college so you know i had two sons one went to college for a year the other did not go to college they both live and have very interesting wonderful jobs one is in the golf industry and one is a professional fly fisherman so be careful where you take your kids on vacation right and then because they didn't have a strong academic need and background for the jobs they wanted to do And then my daughters are, you know, they're adopted, so I can tell you they're super smart, you know. So they both are in college, you know, and the decisions that both of them went to public high schools and they chose to go to to a Christian college as a chance to kind of get their faith established and get some stability. You know, you see a lot of kids, I think parents would agree, you see a lot of kids that go to a Christian high school that then choose to maybe go into a mainstream college my advice to you, whether it's Christian college, secular school, whatever it is, is create some boundaries and find community. You know, there's that old adage, you know, some of these sayings get old and used up. But one of them that I believe in is show me your friends. I will show you your future. And I believe that that's true, Mike. And so I encourage my kids when they got into school to immediately be in community campus ministry, whatever that might look like, and get involved in a local church, and then let that community feed into you as you feed in to the school. Because the truth is, is that all the same stuff, all the same problems exist on the Christian college campus as they do on the state college campus. They just maybe aren't as big. But you're not protecting your children by sending them to a Christian college in the same way that you're not throwing your children to the wolves by sending them to a state college campus. I think it's all about the community that they find and build and involve themselves in. And also, I just encourage people to stay in communication with your kids. I think that even if they seem a little tired or disinterested or whatever, how it can be. And, you know, my wife always says, man, when our kids choose, when they hit that mood where they want to talk, I'm going to be available to listen. And I can't even... You know, I can't even begin to think about how challenging students' lives are compared to the world that I grew up with just your cell phone and social media alone. And so I think to create a safe place for your kids to be able to come and talk to you sort of on their terms when they're ready is a really important piece as well. Great parenting advice, Jeff Moore. I'll have to remember to stay involved, make sure we have those healthy boundaries and community, and always, always communicate with your kids. 
I'm so glad that you let your kids follow their separate passions. And you know what? If you got one son in golf and one son in fly fishing, you've certainly impacted him over the years, haven't you? I I think so. Like I said, be careful where you go on vacation. But I think part of it, too, is, you know, we have such high hopes for our children but man, I think we forget about what God's leading and calling and the way they've built our kids to be. And so, you know, the first time my son said, hey, I want to I want to work in the fly fishing industry. I was like, that's what people do for vacation, Justin. That's not what people do for a job, you know. And gosh, did he prove me wrong? I'm just following his passion, following the giftings that God gave him. And watching that job and the river and the outdoors means so much to he and his wife and their lives. And so I really believe that as parents, man, we've got to let go of this of this success definition that we might somehow hold in our heads and realize that, man, what we want for our kids is we want them to love Jesus and we want them to be happy, right? And hopefully be good citizens and help make the world a better place, which would all be pursuant of following living a joyful life and so you know i've learned a ton from my kids particularly as they get older as to what it means to really you know because it's funny mike you know i mean my wife and i we risked everything to go into music i left everything behind i walked away from a family business i walked away from even family members saying this is a bad idea you know, and so I took all these chances and got out on the limb and God, you know, when I had nobody to catch me, but then I learned that lifelong faith lesson. But sometimes when we look at our kids, we're like, don't take chances, <laughs> be safe, you know, and I've really, you know, God's just even recently, you know, we have a daughter that lives in Washington, D.C., and she lives in a very urban area and, you know, she works at Georgetown Law School and does this stuff and, and it's like, you know, I worry about the place that she lives and, you know, just the, some of the violence that surrounds the area where she is. And, and then God just reminds me that, you know, he called me to this. He's calling her to something and that he'll protect her. This, you know, it's just that kind of, you know, trying to apply those same things to your children that, that you've learned in your own relationship with Lord. Great insights from Jeff Moore. And Jeff, it would be remiss if I didn't ask you. When did you own your own faith? When did you come to the Lord? Yeah, man, I was very blessed to grow up in a Christian home. My parents were not Christians and they were married, but they became Christians right before I was born. And so I grew up in a covenant faith family. I remember 12 years old with my mom and dad on both sides of me, asking Jesus into my heart. I was 17. I read a book by A.W. Tozer called The Pursuit of God, a book that's still changing lives today. And that God just used that to help me understand really my own personal need for the Lord. So I don't know, whatever you'd call that, the age of accountability, to use an old phrase, whatever it is. I surrendered fully my life to the Lord when I was 17. Jeff Moore, it's been a whirlwind just catching up with you and finding out what you're doing today, as well as reminiscing on an amazing career. So many of us have been touched by the music of Jeff Moore and also Jeff Moore and The Distance. So tell us about your latest solo release. Yeah, yeah. It's called The Next Thing, and I'll play that song for you. It's it's funny, Mike. I've written music, you know, my whole, literally my whole adult life from being newly married, no kids, young babies, adoptive dad, parents of teenagers, you know, empty nester, grandfather, you know, and so... 
so I think the music kind of reflects where I'm at in my life now. I've tried to always write from the present moment that I'm in. And yeah, and the next thing really, it relates a little bit to what I mentioned earlier about, you know, when you're in the middle of doing something, God's preparing you for another thing, you know. That's an idea I stole from Oswald Chambers, you know, when he was asked about what you do when you're not sure of what God, what your future holds. He said that phrase, I trust God and I do the next thing. And I love that. I love that idea. So I'll sing I'll sing that song for you when we're together on Saturday. We're looking forward to that with Jeff Moore, longtime friends with Stephen Curtis Chapman. And I need to stay in my lane, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't wondering if you two weren't going to sing Listen to Our Hearts Together, one of the, my favorite duets of all time. <laughs> wow. Thanks, man. Thank you. That, that song has been such a neat companion to us and. I bet we sing it 10 times a year at all kinds of different things. And isn't that one of the beautiful things about music, man, is that it continues to connect people. You know, I always joke if I'm complaining about traveling a lot or whatever, being on the road too much, they're always like, look, we have to come up with a new sermon every week. You literally can sing the same songs for decades. And I'm like, all right, (laughs) that's true enough. How do you explain? as deep as it is wide You know all our hopes Lord, you know all our fears And words cannot express the love we feel But we long for you to hear
Looking forward to seeing Jeff Moore at Fish Fest this Saturday at Salem Riverfront Park. More information at the website, jeffmoore.com. That's G-E-O-F-F-M-O-O-R-E. Jeff Moore, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend with us today and share your story. Wow, you're welcome, guys. Thanks for your faithfulness, Mike. Thanks for what this radio station has meant. Uh, And to get to be a part of the festival and all the history that's there, I just feel very privileged and i'm hoping for cool weather because it's been a bakery down here in tennessee so fun to get up i know it's been warm here too but it's a different kind of warm trust me so we will see you all lord will on saturday evening sunny skies predicted at salem riverfront park to see jeff moore at fish fest thanks so much for joining us on difference makers Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.